Okay, we'd like to welcome you to our weekly Bible study and current event study for January 13th, 2008. And we're going to pick up last week where we left off with the uh, Robert Schuller Rethink Conference, but we're going down many other rabbit trails in order to present some background information on some of the speakers. And we're going to talk about every single speaker today in brief. There's just no way I can get into them all. But I think it's good to have an overview of the different speakers at this conference to see how ungodly and how unbelievably unscriptural this conference really is. Now, last week I had talked about Rupert Murdoch a little bit. And today I'm going to read from an article that expounds on this a little bit more. And it's from World Daily Net, and it's entitled, Rupert Murdoch's pastor gets heat for the mogul's porn channels. Okay, now a lot of people don't understand, and I didn't know, that Rupert Murdoch's pastor is actually Rick Warren of Saddleback Church. Okay, Mr. Apostasy himself, council foreign relation member, you know, the Pied Piper for the One World Church, essentially, is, is his pastor. Which really doesn't surprise me. I mean, Rupert Murdoch is, is known in media circles um, as, you know, the great Satan. He is considered absolutely and purely evil. But he's incredibly powerful in regard to all of his holdings and, and all that he owns uh, in, the, in the media. And so... This is a World Daily Net article, then it goes on to say, Christian leaders question Rick Warren for the church's cozy ties with the Fox owner. See, he owns Fox, Rupert Murdoch. Now, this article, I should preface this article by saying that this is a pathetic, pathetic excuse for Christian discernment. I don't normally, you know, turn to World Daily Net to get articles of, of you know, stalwartly defending the faith. There, are, there is definitely some truth you can glean out of there, but they're falling way short of the mark overall. And this is just evidence of that. It goes on to say, um, Mega Pastor Rick Warren is being challenged by other Christian leaders for not disciplining a prominent member of his California Saddleback Church flock for being one of the world's leading pornographers. That would be Rupert Murdoch. Chairman of News Corp, which in addition to building a media empire on the coattails of topless models and the edgy, pushing-the-envelope Fox TV network shows, recently began a stable of hardcore porn channels for its B-Sky-B subsidiary. So he's into hardcore porn here that he's pushing. Yet he calls himself a Christian, which is incomprehensible to me. Uh, this is a quote from Charlie Rosenbaugh, who is the head of the Christian Accountability Network. He says, Rupert Murdoch is a born-again Christian, and Rick Warren claims to be his pastor. Now, this guy, Chris Rosenbro, I'm sorry, that was his name, of this Christian Accountability Network, how could he have such unbelievably low to no discernment? How is that? But then again, that's an earmark of the times we're living in. He's saying Rupert Murdoch is a born-again Christian? What, I mean, where's this guy live? What planet is he living on? The Bible says, by their fruit you will know them. Okay? Rupert Murdoch is a devil. All you have to do is look at a little bit of his fruit in order to understand that there is no way, I don't care what comes out of his mouth, talks cheap. Words mean nothing. Actions speak louder than words, okay? 
and, and his actions clearly have shown this man is most likely not only deceived, but I don't really even believe he's deceived. I believe he's a Satanist. I believe that, that people that, at that, that are at that level most likely are involved in high-level occult. Because Satan, who is the prince and the power of the air, would not let them get to that position unless they were sold out for him. Because he's working for the devil. Okay, These people are working for the devil. Whether they know it or not. Okay, And I won't give Rupert Murdoch that much credit that he doesn't know it. Period. But this, this head of the Accountability Network starts out by saying that Rupert Murdoch's a born-again Christian, and Rick Warren claims to be his pastor. Number one, Rick Warren's not a pastor as far as I'm concerned. Rick Warren has absolutely, totally, and utterly disqualified himself from being a pastor by his actions, by his fruit. All you have to do is look in the Bible. We've done studies on this, the biblical qualifications for pastors, elders, deacons. He doesn't fit any of it. Okay? Maybe the husband of one wife, that's probably about it. Then he goes on to say, this guy, this head of the Christian Accountability Network, he says, as a Christian, Murdoch is committing an egregious sin by owning, expanding, and profiting from pornographic channels. Oh, really? Oh, wow. And then he says, and Rick Warren, is, his pastor, has a biblical duty to call Murdoch to repentance or put him out of the church. The, the problem is, is Rick Warren, yes, that's true, but the problem is, is Rick Warren has no right being a pastor either. So it would be, the reason Rick Warren's not calling people and, and putting people out of his church is because he's making a lot of money doing it. And he could care less if the truth be known. He's leading us to the one world religion where there's not going to be any, quote, sin. Sin will be done away with. Judgment will be done away with. It'll be one big happy apostate family all on their way to hell. The Bible clearly predicts it's going to be this way. One world religion, one world political system, one world currency, the whole nine yards. Rick Warren is going to be a key cog and tool in that event. You think he's going to put somebody like Rupert Murdoch, who's probably, probably put who knows how much into his ministry. We're going to find out here that he's publishing his books, at least a portion of, of Rick Warren's top-selling, best-selling books. So they do have a nice, cozy relationship. It's one devil washing the other devil's hand. That's all it is. So, just this, this very fact alone, you know, um, this statement, although there is some truth in it, there, there's obviously a lot of problems with it as well. Going on, he says, he is supposed, he is supported in that call, this guy that says he needs to be um, held accountable. He's supported in that call by Jim Lapanchino of the Christian Research Network, Pastor Ken Silva of Apprising Ministries, and a growing list of others who have the internet buzzing with stories about the pastor and the porn purveyor. Rosenbra said Murdoch's decision to run porn channels represents a clear case of a Christian openly committing a monstrous and unthinkable sin. A Christian? Again, look at the fruit. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 2 Timothy 3.13. That's what's predicted in the end times. Okay? Well, this man is an evil seducer. And there's many evil seducers waxing worse and worse. That word wax means to grow. And they're deceiving others, and they themselves are deceived. That's where we're living. The Bible says in Psalm 12, verse 8, that 
the wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. So think about that statement. The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. Well, when you've got vile men in high places, and this country is probably no better example of that, in high political office, in Hollywood, the rock stars, you know, you've got guys like Rick Warren, these, these pseudo-apostates that are leading people to hell, and doing it in the name of God and Jesus Christ, which is more of an egregious abomination than I think somebody who's practiced Satanism, at least they're honest about it. When you have these men being exalted, the Bible clearly predicts the natural outcome of that is that the wicked will walk on every side. And that's what we're seeing today. Doesn't it seem like you're just surrounded by wickedness? People don't seem to have any integrity. They say they're going to do something. It doesn't mean anything anymore. I see it all the time. It doesn't mean I think I'm perfect, okay? Or I've never messed up. But it's just, they're waxing worse and worse, as the Bible clearly predicted. So I don't let it get me down, but it's actually confirmation of Scripture. So, um, going on to say, it says, sadly, now this is this, uh, let's see here, Rosenbaugh, this is the guy that we originally quoted. He said, sadly, Murdoch's actions have already damaged his credibility as a Christian. This is insane. His credibility, he never had any credibility. If you would just simply look at his fruit. His unrepentant fruit. Okay? I never even knew Rupert Murdoch dared to claim to be, of all people on earth, be like Anton LaVey, the, the guy that started the, the first church of Satan on May 1st, 1966, who wrote the Satanic Bible. It'd be like him claiming to be a Christian. He can say anything they want. And then he said, added Rosenbaugh, if Pastor Warren does not act swiftly and call on Murdoch to dismantle his porn channel distribution network, then the credibility of the Christian message will be compromised around the globe. Give me a break. It's already compromised. Just turn on Sky Angel, which some people think that if they keep that on 24-7, that that's going to make sure holiness is coming into their house. If you want to do that, you know what you do? You get yourself a King James Bible CD, and you play it 24-7. And you don't have to do it at a loud level. Don't turn on Sky Angel to have all these, all these apostates. And I'm not saying every single one of them are all evil, but I'm saying the majority of them are. Absolutely. They've sold out. To get to that level, generally, you have to sell out. And you sure have to sell out if you want to stay there year after year after year. And be real popular and loved among all men. The Bible says that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. They're not taking the narrow way. They're preaching some prosperity, lukewarm gospel. They're in it for the money. They're a hireling. As the Bible clearly predicted, they're hirelings. Particularly in the last days. Wolves in sheep's clothing. Ministers of Satan who've transformed themselves into ministers of light. It's no marvel. So, uh, he's calling upon him to dismantle his porn distribution network. Like, that's going to happen. Give me a break. Uh, going further, it says, The ties between Warren and Murdoch go beyond the spiritual. In other words, now we're going to talk about more of the financial. Murdoch also owns Zonderfan. Oh, did you know that? Rupert Murdoch owns Zonderfan? Zonderfan Publishing? The company that published Warren's explosive bestseller, The Purpose Driven Life. Isn't that cozy? 
So you've got this worldwide mass pornography distributor who's di- who owns Zondervan Publishing, who owns who publishes all kind of Christian books. You can go to your average apostate Christian bookstore and get loaded down with Zondervan stuff. I wouldn't advise it. And uh, they're the same ones that, that put out the Purpose Driven Life. And they hold the rights to the NIV and many other perversions. And their parent company, Zonderfan, is the one, or their parent company, HarperCollins, which is the parent company over Zonderfan, publishes the Satanic Bible, I mentioned before, by Anton LaVey. Okay, so that's the kind of company, remember, if the head is sick, the body is going to be sick. So you've got Rupert Murdoch at the head, and then you've got his parent company, HarperCollins, who publishes, who, who controls Zonderfan, who publishes, you know, these other, Rick Warren's book, and, and a lot of these Bible versions. I'm telling you, one of the main goals of these new Bible versions since 1881, when the revised version came out, is to pollute and dilute and pervert the Word of God. Because the Word of God is our foundation. And according to Psalm 11, verse 3, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So that's their goal. They want to pervert and distort. And when you read a perverted, distorted Bible, it will affect you spiritually. It has to. Because it's been corrupted. Whenever you corrupt anything, it's going to affect it in a negative way. That's what happens when you consistently read these types of Bible versions. I know, I've been there and done it. Okay, for a long time. If you need to know more about the King James Bible, just email me. Or I've got plenty of, of sermons on the internet that get into this. And the attachments um, regarding the King James issue are all up there. You can, you can go through whole studies of, of just one PDF attachment that I've got up there. So, um, just... I've got right now, it's about 113 teachings on Sermons Audio. So you can go through and just kind of wade through it a little bit. And uh, you'll find them. They're, they're in there. And if not, just call or, or email me and um, I will send you the word attachment. My email address is on the um, Sermons Audio site. And I do thank you, uh, the listeners out there. Last month we had 7,800 7, um, downloads, which was record and it was it was it the site seems to be growing every month so i praise the lord for that i don't take the credit for it i just praise the lord uh, so if we go further multiple world daily net messages were left at news corp now this is rupert murdoch's you know main company and they were seeking a response and now they were asking about the uh the whole pornography thing and they were all unanswered of course and then Rick Warren, who did not respond to the World Daily Net's email request to address the controversy, has at least twice publicly claimed Murdoch as a member of his church. So Rick Warren initially didn't respond. And then in a New Yorker interview published on September 2005, Rick Warren is quoted as saying, quote, I had dinner with Jack Welch, former chief executive officer of GE, General Electric, last night. He came to church and we had dinner. I've, I've been kind of, and again, Rick Warren is the absolute quintessential essence of being a respecter of men. Now, is that biblical? Is that what Jesus Christ taught, to be a respecter of men? To respect those that put on the gay clothing? And, and to have the other ones that are just little, you sit at my footstool? Remember that? 
when Jesus was teaching on that? No, he didn't do that. But Rick Warren does. Because that's the kind of guy he is. He's a devil. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing. He's a hireling. That's all he is. That's all he'll ever be. I mean, if it be possible, I pray to God that he'd repent. Okay? But you know what? We don't just, as Christians, get chance after chance after chance to repent. There comes a time when God will let your heart be hardened and it's it, you're done. You're done. There's no more going back. Now, when you cross that line, I have no idea. That's God's business. But if you're turned over to a reprobate mind, as the Bible talks about in Romans 1, and if you have committed the sin unto death, which the Bible talks about in 1 John 5, where the Bible says, if you see someone commit a sin unto death, I, say, I should say that you don't even pray about it. It's not even worth praying about anymore. It's a done deal. It's sealed. God just doesn't give you oh, infinite numbers of chances to repent. The Bible says the Spirit of God will not always strive with man forever. He's not always going to give you this. And now, where do you get biblical evidence of this? If you go to Jeremiah 7, Jeremiah 11, and Jeremiah 14. There's, those are the other parts of Scripture where the Bible says, I don't even pray for these people. What had they done? Well, they had committed egregious sins before God, particularly in the name of God. Over and over and over and over again, God had given them ample time to repent. And change their ways. They didn't do it. They had no intentions of doing it. They were ba baking cakes to the Queen of Heaven. Which is essentially the Mother Mary Goddess of the Catholic Church. Modern day version. They were sacrificing their own children. They were committing all kind of abominations in the church. Just like today. And yet they said in those, those scriptural verses. In Jeremiah 11, Jeremiah 7, and Jeremiah 14. That we are delivered to do these abominations. Which is exactly what's going on in Rick Warren's church. And Smiley Joel Olstein And all these other apostates. We're delivered to do these abominations, is what they say. We're so holy and so spiritual, we're so above the Bible, evidently, that we could do this and, and, you know, we're buddies with God. He's the big guy in the sky, as they probably would refer to him. And they're going to find out, because the Bible says judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. They're going to find out. And the Bible also says that if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged of God. Well, that's something I think we want to be doing every single day. Judging ourselves. Because if we do that, we would not be judged of God. Not to say you're not going to go before the judgment seat of Christ, okay? But, by judging yourself every day. Remember, the Bible says, He who is spiritual judgeth all things. Judge righteous judgment. As Jesus said, judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. If we would do these things... We wouldn't have to be chastened from God near as much either, if you think about it. Because if we're judging ourselves all the time, and we're doing it righteously, then God doesn't have to spank us or chasten us. And the Bible says, Whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. And if you be without chastisement, then you are bastards, which is an illegitimate son. So let's just judge ourselves, you know, every day. We'd stay out of a lot of hot water with God if we would do that. But these guys like... like um, Rupert Murdoch, which is such a joke, Rick Warren, Smiley Joe Olstein, they don't preach that type of stuff, nor do they do it to themselves. None of these... Do you realize that the vast majority of people that call themselves pastors in America and, and, and elsewhere, probably, in other areas, if they would go by what the biblical qualifications for a pastor is, they're, they're disqualified from being that. Most of them don't rule their own house well. I mean, hopefully most of them are the husband of one wife. 
But then there's all other kinds of, of classifications. Sober, you know, so many different things that they're not doing. They're not being good overseers of the flock. They're hirelings. They're doing it for the money. But it doesn't matter, because anything goes... I talked to a pastor yesterday, who is has probably... Of, of all people that I know, he probably has about as much integrity as anybody that I know. Okay? And that's been proven over many years of, of my relationship with him. And he told me he, he had finally stepped down after being pastor of this church for a lot of years. Finally stepped down, had some people, a couple women he said in the church that wanted him out of there. And I think it was time for him to, him, you know, he's, he's getting up there in years. And um, so they interviewed these people. And he interviewed this, this particular man, and the guy came off like he was a real nice guy, seemed like he loved the Lord, and all these other things. Got him in there, and it's only been four or five months. And the guy has already committed so many unbelievable sins that he's been caught in. And pastor actually went to him, and he said, I, I 14 different things he lied to my face about. 14 different things, he said. I just had this conversation yesterday. I went to see him out at his house. Him and his wife. And he sat down with him and the guy admitted it. He says, yeah, he says, I, I, I lied about all those things. And then he says, well, he said, how can I sit under your preaching? Because he's still going to the same church. And he says, he says I can't do it. And, and he, he said, I'm going to go on Sundays. I'm going to go to other churches. And, and I'm still going to be a member of this church, he says, because I can't just walk away from this situation. But... He won't step down, and evidently, at this point, the church doesn't have enough backbone to vote him out yet. He says, well, you know, bare minimum, what you need to do is go to the congregation and apologize for these things. And, and you know what his response was? He said, no, he says, I, I can't see how I could do that, because I'd, I'd lose credibility with the people. Even though he's already been caught in 14 lies, and he's only been there 4 or 5 months. This is typical of what you get. So much of the time in the modern day churches. Now I'm not saying every, I'm not saying all pastors are wicked and corrupt. Okay, I'm not saying that. I'm saying the majority are, as the Bible predicted. We're living in lukewarm times. Lukewarm. They're neither hot nor cold. He said to me, he said, it's unbelievable. He says, everybody you interview, or, or, or try to interview for, to bring into these churches, he says, they're all liars. There was a show on the other night called The Catch a Predator. I don't even really advise watching the show because I get so angry watching the show, I, I can't even... And it's righteous indignation. The Bible says, be ye angry and sin not. Okay? But it's about catching these pedophiles. Okay? In sting operations. Do you realize that in, in the, the shows that I watch, how many times these people say they're Christians? In this particular episode, two of them were ministers! Christian ministers. One was in a Baptist church. And they were the worst perverted of the lot. They said that their chats were so explicit we can't even put it on TV. Two ministers and one guy that had a website that said, I love, I love God and Jesus rocks. And his chat was so explicit that they couldn't even put it up there. It's typical. Christianity is, is being mocked at every level. And, and it's pseudo-Christianity. It's not true. But the pseudo deserves it. it. They really do. It's it's just unbelievable. So if we go further, let's see here. Uh, 
Okay, sorry there. I had to get back on track here. Um, so this Rick Warren had member with this this former executive officer of GE. Again, a respecter of men. I'm sure this guy has tons of money. He says, he came to the church, we had dinner, this is Rick Warren talking, I've been kind of mentoring him on a spiritual journey. Oh yeah, I bet you've been mentoring him over Rick, to a spiritual new age. Who are you going to introduce him to, Lord Betraya? Probably. And then he said to me, Rick, this is this GE guy, he says, Rick, you're the biggest thinker I've ever met in my life. The only other person I know who thinks globally like you is Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> Oh, he said a mouthful. Very accurate statement. Globally? Yeah, one world government globally. One world political, economic, currency, the whole nine yards. He's right. Rick Warren is the global one world church Pied Piper. He's taken over, he's pretty much taken the mantle from Billy Graham. Of course, they say that Smiley Joe Olston may give him a run for his money, though. But Rick Warren's been around longer than Smiley Joe. And... Rick Warren is that guy who is going to usher, or be a, or a very, very important cog in ushering the pseudo-Christian movement into the One World Church, probably underneath the great whore of the Roman Catholic Church. Now, I know I'm being really politically correct today. I, I know, I realize that. I know there's probably some people maybe listening to this for the first time, their blood's going to be boiling hearing me. But all I would ask is that you prove this wrong. Just prove, prove, the infor- prove the quotes wrong that I'm reading. Prove the fruit wrong. Because I've got plenty to back all this up. This is just tip of the iceberg stuff. So he says, uh, the only other person I thinks like you is Rupert Murdoch. Who's more the, the uh, global Pied Piper, but he's in the media, uh, realm of the media. Brainwashing us that way. Okay, and then he said, and, Ru- and Rick Warren says, and that, and I said, that's interesting. I'm Rupert's pastor. Rupert published my book. End of quote. So you know, two peas in a pod, two doubles in a pod. In November 12, 2006, Orange County Register story said Warren was asked about pastoring a man who publishes tabloids featuring topless women. He responded, "Quote." I don't have to agree 100% of what another person does in order to work with them on the 20% that we do agree on. End of quote. (laughs) Spoken like a true defender of the faith. You know? He's earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints, like Jude commands us to do. He's definitely reproving the unfruitful works of darkness. Oh yeah. He's definitely marking them which cause division and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you have learned in avoiding them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Romans 16, verse 17 and 18. Of course, that was a paraphrased version. Yeah, he's definitely doing all that. Well, let's look at some more Bible verses that would pertain to this situation. Jeremiah seven twenty-eight says, But thou shalt say unto them, This is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God, nor receiveth correction, truth is perished, and is cut off from their mouth. That's exactly the time we're living. This, and this is a nation such as this. Okay, now I know there's a remnant. I believe, a, I believe 
obviously some of that remnant is listening to these broadcasts. Okay, but this is clearly predicted in Scripture. They don't receive correction. And there's and if you think about it, if they were really saved, if people in Rick Warren's church and Smiley Joel Olsen, if they were really saved, I'm talking the vast majority, 99.9 most likely percent. Why isn't there any chastening of God on these ministries or on the people in these congregations? Why isn't there any of that? Why isn't there any seeking of truth and and, and pointing out sin? Well, again, like I said, they'd have to start at the head, which is the pastor, and get rid of him. But see, they don't receive correction. Truth is perished, and it's cut off from their mouth. They have eyes, but they don't see. See, the prince of this world has blinded their eyes, but they do not see, as the Bible says. He's blinded their eyes. And yet they think that they're rich, and they're in need of nothing, when in reality, they're blind, wretched, weak, and naked. And as Jesus says, I counsel thee to, tr- to buy of me eye salve that thou sh- shall see in white raiment, that thou will be clothed. It says that about the Laodicean church in Revelation 3. But they don't want, they don't want that Jesus. They want their, the, ultimately, they're going to want their new age Jesus. We're going to talk about um, him in the next study. Then Luke 16, verse 15 said, And he said unto them, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men. That's exactly what we're talking about here. Preachers that justify themselves before men, but not God. And it says, but God knoweth your hearts. See, the Bible says in Proverbs 16, it's verse 3 or 2, all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. So see, if we're not judging ourselves, particularly, if we're not comparing ourselves to the Bible... That's what's going to happen. All the ways of a man are clean in his own in his own eyes. Well, what is that? That's your heart. Well, the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah seventeen nine. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Proverbs twenty eight twenty six. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs fourteen twelve and sixteen twenty five. I saw all your heart. And it says, but God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. So that's the verse that we were quoting. And and notice what it's tied to. What that last part is tied to. And he said unto them, ye are they which justify yourselves before men. This is guys like Rick Warren and these lukewarm preachers or apostates that are, that are justifying themselves before men. But God knoweth your hearts, for that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. You don't get your book on the New York bestsellers list and, and be voted like man of the year, whatever, like Billy Graham was and all these other guys, unless unless you're going the world's way. It doesn't happen the other way. All they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. I don't see Billy Graham suffering a lot of persecution or Rick Warren or any of these other apostates. Do you? Now, as a true born-again Christian, if, if you're part of the remnant, um, you're going to probably get to a point like us in our little home Bible study, where you have to come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Because I'm telling you, that's what you're going to get in the average church. It's an unclean thing, and you need to come out of it. 
I got to the point where finally, I mean, if I didn't come out, if I was just going to be flat out miserable. And that's what God will do to you. He'll chasten you. Now, I'm not saying every single church, that would be, you know, I'm sure there's exceptions, but I'm saying for the most part, in America. I don't want to make blanket statements about anything. Uh, I mean, in that regard at least. So if we go further, it says, um, we've already quoted that verse. Well, we've quoted this one too, but let's read the whole verse. Matthew seven sixteen through 24 says, Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns, or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire, which is where these apostates are de destined for. The fire. Hell. The lake of fire, ultimately. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Sounds like a lot of charismatics I've known. There's a lot of, there's a lot of Catholics that prophesy in God's name. Okay, and I'm, I'm leaving the Buddhists and all the other guys out of there. I'm just talking about ones that call themselves Christians. Because I think that's what we're, we're, we're saying here. It says, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name I've cast out many devils. Cast out devils. Again, go into most Pentecostal churches. And you'll see a lot of this supposedly going on. I'm not saying this can't be done. I'm just saying that they're not doing it. You've got this unstable, unbiblical church that's saying that we're prophesying and that we're casting out devils, and yet so many things, as far as elementary things within the church, are not there. Their foundation is a set. They don't know what Bible to read. They're, you could go on and on and on. They've got all kind of world in the church. They're 501c3 corporations under the government. And yet they're doing all these other things, supposedly these mighty exploits from God. And I've been in the Pentecostal church, and I've heard a lot of these prophecies. I've had a lot of them said to myself. The funny thing is, is that none of them ever came true. Not the specific ones. Not, not nothing they ever, you know, when you, when you tell somebody, oh, you're going to be this or that or, or whatever. But I'm talking about specific things that were supposedly given to me. And it didn't come true. It's a false prophet. You know, hey, you put yourself in that position, not me. You better repent. You better repent because if you did that in the Old Testament, you were killed. Deuteronomy 18 is the test of a prophet. The, the penalty was death. So if we go further, it says, And in thy name done many wonderful works. Well, there's a lot of people that go around and, 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 and so I've, I'm doing all this for, for God and, and they build orphanages or whatever and, and things like There's a lot of Catholics that do this. There's a lot of, of uh, pseudo-ministries that do this and they think that they're earning their way into heaven. They're no better than the Catholics when they do such a thing. And then it says in Jesus' response is, And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. See, they thought they were working good, when in reality they were working evil. One of them that call evil good and good evil. Because they were doing it apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. They were doing things the Lord never even called them to. And they were probably taking credit for it most of the time. But he also says, I never knew you. What does that imply? He says, I never knew you. 
That implies they were never, ever saved. They were deceived and deluded their whole Christian career, thinking they were saved, but he never knew them. That's something to think about. He didn't say, well, I knew you for ten years, and then you fell off the bandwagon. He said, I never knew you. Wherefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock, the rock of Christ Jesus. Regarding the end times, the word of God also states in 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 7-12, through 12, we've read this, but I'll read the verse specifically. For the mystery of iniquity, remember, Jesus just talked about them that work iniquity. He said, depart from me, ye that work, what? Iniquity. Which is like sin. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. See, that mystery of iniquity is, is working in today's. The mystery of sin and deception is working in the end times that we're living in. But it's almost like this mystery thing. It's like you look around and you're like, what is going on? It's obvious to those that are Bible-believing Christians. But to those that are on their way to hell... They have no clue. To them it would really be a mystery. Because they don't even know they're going to hell. They think they're doing God's service. And we need to pray for them. I don't want them to go to hell. God doesn't want them to go to hell. God says, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. And that his will, it's His will that not one would perish, but that all would come to repentance. If it be possible, I pray to God their souls be saved. I really do. But most likely, the only way they're going to get saved is if they get a real big dose of fear of God, the fear of God in their life. And that that fear opens their eyes and drives them to repentance. It's not going to come from some feel-good gospel that, that Joel Olstein's preaching them, or Rick Warren. It's not going to happen that way. There's no conviction of sin in their preaching. None. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So if we go further, uh, only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. I believe the wicked, which is capital W in the King James, is in regard to the Antichrist. And then the wicked will be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. And shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. When does that happen? That happens at the end of the seven year tribulation when Jesus comes back on a white horse with his saints. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Now notice, this is the main way the Antichrist, and remember there's going to be many Antichrists, but there's only going to be one Antichrist. The Antichrist coming is after the working of Satan with all power, and signs, and lying wonders. Remember, it says, with all power, and signs, and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Now, can you imagine? I mean, I watched this, this documentary of Benny Hinn the other night, and I mean, this is a guy that's deceiving millions of people. People are putting, they showed some of his do donation things. I mean, they've got people that are donating 160000 a year to this guy. $130,000 a year. 
it showed him making his plea for money. There was this big HBO special. And um, it's unbelievable. I mean, he's right in the middle of all these spiritual things. He says, okay, and now what you can do is make you out your checks to Benny Hinn Ministries. That's Benny Hinn Ministries. And he was going, oh, oh it was so embarrassing. It was so stinking embarrassing. It really was. But see, what they do is they work them up into this fervor and fever pitch. It's like hours before he comes out when these crusades start. Um, he only comes out to like, uh, How Great Thou Art. The song, How Great Thou Art. I wonder if there's any subliminal. And what it is, is they were, they were interviewing psychologists and they were saying this is pure mind control. He's just a master at mind control manipulation. Because these people are worked up into such an emotional fervor and frenzy. And what happens when that happens? And then you've got all these thousands of people around you think it's a really real thing. And then all of a sudden, yeah, I got healed and I this and that. And, and what it is, the, the absolute vast majority of the time, and I'm not saying God can't heal, but the vast majority of the time, what it is, is a combination of endorphin release and adrenaline. When you have enough endorphins and adrenaline going through you, you could do amazing things. Okay? And that's what happens to a lot of these people. And they were interviewing these ones that were supposedly healed on stage. And they were going back, the, 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 the one guy, uh, their little son that they had brought there, he died like in two months. This one guy, he had supposedly, both his hips had been healed, and he needed all the surgery. Well, he went back, and, and he deteriorated even more, and, and uh, some horrific thing happened to him. I kind of forget what it was, but it was bad. Uh, one lady that said her and her, her um, son, who both had cancer, were healed of cancer. No, he died a month later. She died about three months later. Happens all the time. All the time. Because people are putting their faith in man. Benny Hinn. And the Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Jeremiah 17.5 Cursed be the man. You trust in Benny Hinn? You trust in Kenneth Copeland? Or any of these other apostates? Or Roberts? Well, you're putting yourself under a curse when you do that. You don't trust in man. You trust in the Word of God, our foundation. You trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. But that's what happens. Now, I said all that to say this. What you're seeing, mostly in the Benny Hinn Crusades and these other supposed things... They're, they're not even real healings. There's not even anything going on that's supernatural other than demonic deception. Can you imagine when stuff really starts to happen how bad it's going to get? Can you imagine then? Because it says that the Antichrist is going to come with all power and signs and lying wonders and that this is going to be the chief way that he deceives. You ain't seen nothing yet. So you better make sure you are on the rock of Christ Jesus now before it gets bad. Because if you're not, if you think if you're if you're on the edge now, <laughs> guaranteed when it gets really really bad, you're going to go over to the other side. The Bible says that, that God's going to shake everything that can be shaken. The judgment must begin in the house of the Lord. He's going to shake things to to find out who's on his side. He's going to shake things to find out you know, as, as Joshua said, choose whom this day you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's coming. The Bible clearly predicts it as a part of the true Christian remnant of the planet. Should that upset you? Actually should excite you because this is confirmation of Scripture.
from that standpoint. Pray for those that, that you know, that the Lord would save these people. So, it goes on further in this, uh, who's after, uh, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power, lines, signs, and wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Because, why? Why did all this happen? Because they received not the love of the truth. Do you understand that what it, by what it says here, they receive not the love of the truth? Most Christians are in absolute total delusional deception. Well, they have received, they have, they have not received the love of the truth. They haven't received that. Do you realize what that means? That means that most people that call themselves Christians are on their way to hell. That's why truth is so important. People say, oh, well, you know, why do you emphasize all these things and, and all the... The Bible says that, that my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. And thou shalt be a priest to me no more. And because you have done this, I will also reject your children. Now that's a paraphrase from Hosea 4.6. It says he's also going to reject your children. So when you reject truth, when you reject to, true knowledge from the Lord, not only are you putting your own soul at risk, but you're also putting your children's soul. Because you're the head of the family. And if the head's sick, the body's going to be sick. So this is something that, you know, I don't view as some little peripheral matter. It's very important. When you don't receive the love of the truth, the consequences are absolutely severe. And then it says, and they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Now I understand the main truth that we have to embrace is Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For you are saved by grace, through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Okay, those are the truths you need to... That is the main truth. Truly. Okay? But people go up there and they, say, they think they've said some little prayer about Jesus and they go and they live like the devil and they sit in some apostate church and there's no conviction of God on their life the whole, their whole life. They're warm in a pew and, get, and put in their money in all these apostate ministries. Where's the Holy Spirit in that? If the Holy Spirit really lives inside you, why isn't He convicting you of, of truth? Why isn't He leading you to that? Why are you comfortable staying in deception year after year? Well, how, how could that be? Doesn't make sense if the Holy Spirit lives inside you. Why would why would that doesn't make any scriptural sense to me? Then you see no fruit of the Spirit in these people. Love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, meekness, goodness, faith, temperance. It's not there. There's no conviction of sin. There's no chastisement from the Lord God. There's no love for the truth. By their fruit you shall know them. I'm not. I, yes, I am judging. I am. And doesn't mean I think I'm better because if I got what I deserved, I'd get hell. Let me be the first one to state that. I'm pointing out the obvious. I'm speaking to myself as much as I would speak to anyone else. But the chief way Satan's going to pull this off through the Antichrist is through lying signs and wonders, and it says that he's going to have all power to do so. God's letting it happen. Just like in Job, when Satan had to 
get permission from God to go do all those things to Job. He had to get permission from God. God's going to let it happen. In fact, God's going to send it. I'll prove it. Let's read this again. Because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God, it says God, not Satan, but God, shall send them strong delusion. God's going to do it. Because they've been given up to a reprobate mind. Hey, if you're going to live like the devil, just go ahead. If, if you're going to live like the devil, you might as well do it right. God's going to send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Oh, God wouldn't do that. He's a God of love. He would never deceive me. You had your chance. There's a lot of people that have been saved, or supposedly saved, you know, way longer than I was ever even, before I was ever even born. And they've, they, they haven't figured any of this out. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand that. I've only been saved since like, uh, 94. The start of 94. And the Lord's had me figure this stuff out. Now, yes, I've had some extra time to, to pursue this and do this, but they've had a whole lifetime. Some of these have been brought up in, in churches. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. But it says God's going to send the strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they might all be damned. That means hell. That means the lake of fire. That they might all be damned who believe not the truth. That's how important the truth is. That's how important the truth is. And let me tell you something. If you're, if you're sowing your money into these ministries, if you're watching these ministries, if you're listening to these ministries, and these ministries have been leavened, you better watch out. Because you're putting yourself at great risk. Then it says it ends... But said, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. When you go and you sit in Smiley Joe Olstein's church, or Rick Warren's Saddleback Church, or Willow Creek Church, and hear this feel-good, one-world religion doctrine, and they're going to be ushering in the, the New Age Antichrist, guaranteed, side-by-side, side, in lockstep, you're having pleasure in unrighteousness. You're not seek, seeking the old paths, wearing his wisdom. You want a new path. You want a new path where there's no talk of sin. Take away from um, us this Holy One, this Jesus Christ. That's what you're saying, essentially. Because the Jesus Christ they're preaching isn't the Jesus Christ of the Bible. So if we go further, let's go back to the article here. This article by Rupert Murdoch was among the first... The article also points out Rupert Murdoch was among the first patrons to support Rick Warren's peace plan, contributing $2 million. So Murdoch put $2 million of his own money into Rick Warren's five-point peace plan that we read last week. Okay, I wanted to go back just from to last week real quick, because we talk about how Rupert Murdoch just put $2 million. Rupert Murdoch, mass pornographer mogul, just put $2 million into Rick Warren's, quote, peace, five-point peace plan. $2 million. Okay? And then we go back to, okay, well, what is this five-point peace plan? Well, this five-point peace plan is not only Rick Warren's, it's, it's the other people, too. Guess who else has a five-point peace plan? The guy that wrote Conversations with God, 
Neil Donald Walsh, who wrote Conversations with God, he wrote Five Point Peace Plan as well, which was what we talked about last week. This, this God that says there's no sin and it's, it's this a totally apostate thing. Well, Rick Warren, now Rick, uh, Neil Donald Walsh said that this Five Point Peace Plan, if you take them, you can shift everything on the planet. Uh, this Five Point Peace Plan, um, he calls it the New Revolutions, also contains a five point plan for peace in the world, which we call Five Steps to Peace which started, of course, the First Reformation. Our intention is to stimulate the Second Great Reformation of the world religion. That is our intention and our goal and our purpose. We intend to, in fact, inspire the Second Great Reformation of world religion, which is the one world religion. That's the essence of the Five Point Peace Plan, which is what Rupert Murdoch put $2 million into, which is what Rick Warren has as a five-point peace plan, and we're going to read that right now. Rick Warren says his global peace plan, this five-point plan, is called the New Reformation. He called it the same thing Neil Donald Walsh just did, the guy that wrote Conversations with God. Isn't that a coincidence? However, Robert Schuller already said his self-esteem gospel is the New Reformation. Well, okay, we'll give him that. He even wrote a book about it 25 years before Rick Warren's plan. But what does Rick Warren mean? Christian author Warren Smith, who's probably exposed this more than anybody, he was a former New Ager, now a Christian, he's exposing all this stuff. He wrote the book Deceived on Purpose, and another book we'll be talking about in the next teaching. Uh, he says that Rick Warren says his global peace plan is the New Reformation. Uh, he said, um, Rick Warren, or, or this, Warren Smith points out the problems weren't new, but the peace plan methodology is confronting these giants and that would be, in and of itself, be the revolution. In Rick Warren's plan, peace plan, it's an acronym for planting churches, equipping leaders, assisting the poor, caring for the sick, and educating the next generation. These are the, quote, five giants he refers to in which he plans to obliterate. They're, they're not going to be obliterated until Jesus Christ comes back. This is dominionism. This is all this is, is dominionism, which is sweeping through the churches, which is basically saying, we're going to make the world better and better and better, to the point where Jesus Christ is basically going to have no choice but to come back, because the world is going to be such a great place. And all I see is the world deteriorating, and it's exactly as the Bible said it's going to, but yet they think it's getting better and better and better. This is how delusional they are. So, this is a quote, I believe, from, uh, from Rick Warren. From a, let's see here. Even in villages where you cannot find a clinic, store, school, or post office, you can often find a church. The peace plan will address the five giant problems of planting churches. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I believe now that I know why God is blessing this book, His Purpose Driven Life. In such an unusual way, it's more than just a message that God wants to get out to everyone, which is huge. Um, I also see that God is using the phenomenon to expand the platform for us to mobilize thousands of local churches for global world missions through this peace plan. Now, this peace plan is the one world religion. Rick Warren is going to be most likely the Pied Piper, the head of ushering in that particular phase, with a lot of other apostates, okay, as well. This is what Rupert Murdoch's put $2 million into. Now, when he says there's churches everywhere, he's not caring about what denomination they are, because it's not going to matter what denomination they are. They could be first church of Satan. 
doesn't matter. They're all going to come underneath the great whore, most likely of Rome, and they're all going to be on the same page because they're going to put aside their doctrinal idiosyncrasies when the Antichrist comes on the scene with all lines, signs, and wonders and all power. Because that line, signs, and wonders, everybody's going to say, hey man, listen, it, it, it don't matter what I so much what I believe. I'm going to put all that aside. We're going to come into unity. We're gonna, you're right, we need to put aside our doctrinal idiosyncrasies because, you know, it doesn't matter. Look at this guy. He's come on the scene. He's claiming basically to be the fifth Buddha, Jesus Christ, Krishna all rolled up into one, and he's got the line signs and wonders to prove it. You know what? You're right. I'm going to put aside my doctrinal idiosyncrasies, and I'm going to go ahead and we're going to go, go under the one world church. And all these churches, because virtually every place has a church, they're going to be the ones used. All the more reason to get out of them. If it's unbiblical, I mean, if, if the church you're at is unbiblical, and they're not standing up against these types of things. In promoting this plan, Warren is redefining the mission of the church. His idea is that we are to wipe out world problems and make the world a better place before Christ returns. His program screams of dominionist theology, which I just talked about, which teaches that Christ can't return until the church takes over the earth, and his billion-man army reminds us me of another two army movements in the Jesus movement, which is the army of Joel and the manifest sons of God, which those are particularly in the radical Pentecostal sect, who promote the false teaching, and they think the Lord has given them the mandate to take over the earth by force if necessary. By force. If they got to kill people to do it. That's what they're being taught. For Jesus, so that he can return. Warren states that he's got 400,000 churches to participate in this global peace plan right now. So it's not like this is some little trivial issue I'm talking about today. It's not. It's just serious stuff. This is stuff we're all going to have to face in one way, shape, or form. We're either going to have to um, understand the delusion and the deception and expose it, or, or you're most likely going to go in it. So, you know, it's, you better get educated on these types of things. So ending this article on Murdoch, it says, News Corp is a major owner of DirecTV which sells more pornographic films than Hustler Magazine founder and porn film producer Larry Flint. Says porn fighter Gail Dines, professor of the American Studies at the Boston's Wheelock College, among News Corp's other media holdings are Fox Broadcasting and cable TV networks 20th Century Fox, New York Post, and TV Guide. Welcome to Synergy. Murdoch, who owns Harper College, Collins, which also published pornography star Jenna Jameson's best-selling books, How to Make Love Like a Porn Star, and also The Satanic Bible. That's another book that he proudly publishes through HarperCollins. So, I'm going to go ahead and uh, end this portion of the teaching, and the next portion we're going to talk about is going to be the individual speakers uh, from the Rethink Conference, so that you can get an idea of who we're dealing with here. May the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.